you've waited long enough. The preseason? Scrap it. Draft day big boards? Burn them up. None of it matters now because football is back. This is Packers Season Preview. Preview the 2021 championship season right here. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio on the grounds of Summerfest. Here's your host, Greg Matzik. Well, the night the NFL season begins, we've got two hours to talk about it. Talk about it, we will. Welcome into the program. I'm Greg Matzik. A special Packers season preview. Two-hour program, and we're delighted to be on the Summerfest grounds on a night. Chris Stapleton and Cheryl Crow take the main stage. If you're down here, if you're headed down here, swing by the lakefront. We're in the Gruber Law Office's sports zone. You can stop by and say hello. Now, the folks just down the road here, Scalzo and Bruss finishing up their program. But we will continue here on WTMJ for the next two hours, and we've got a lot of ground to cover. We're going to get to it. Mason Crosby is going to join us at 630 Pretty amazing career he's had in Green Bay. It continues for at least one more season. And he is not only the Packers franchise leading scorer, he's starting to inch up on the NFL all-time list. Is that in range for Mason Crosby? Could you imagine that? Mason Crosby, a guy we've come to know and love here in a Packers uniform for so many years. Could he end up his career as the NFL's all-time leading scorer? Is he even thinking about stuff like that? We'll talk to Mason at 6.30. Wayne Larrabee is going to join us at 7.33. And if you could extend one member of the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams, Elton Jenkins, or Jair Alexander, which would you pick? I've seen an angle here developing. And I know we've talked about the last dance and that whole idea that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, eh, maybe this is their swan song in Green Bay. I think there's only one way Devontae Adams comes back to the Packers after this season. We will get into that in the 7 o'clock hour. Is all the Aaron Rodgers stuff under the bridge for you? Is it all water under the bridge? Are are you still holding over any bitterness or frustration from what was a a, a very bizarre offseason? And and really it started with some under-the-radar comments following the NFC Championship game loss to the Buccaneers. Of course, everything came to a head on draft day when it was reported by Adam Schefter that Rodgers wanted nothing to do with Green Bay. He would not report. He doesn't want back. He wants more control. He wants more clarity on his future. He's frustrated with the lack of involvement on personnel moves, didn't like the drafting of Jordan Love, so on and so forth. Well, here we are today. Rodgers reported for camp on time. Did not play in the preseason. That's not uncommon for Aaron Rodgers and many of the Packers starters. And he is in line to defend his MVP crown for a Packers team that is 26-6 and in the last three seasons. Two seasons, I should say. But is all the drama, is everything that happened in the offseason, is it water under the bridge? Is it all about what happens on the field of play? And this year specifically. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts. Kind of a pulse check as we head into the Packers season. 855-616-1620. I'm over it. I'm absolutely over it. And really, about two months into this whole thing, I was over it. I was just done. I was up to my ears in rumors and gossip and wondering when is Aaron going to talk and why is he using surrogates to you know, communicate his thoughts. What are the Packers? What about their involvement? What are they involved in? Or what weren't they involving Aaron Rodgers in that led to this point? I'm just not worried about it anymore. I'm not bothered by it. Because I'm understanding of the fact that this will be Aaron Rodgers' final season in Green Bay. I don't think he continues in a Packers uniform beyond this season. And with that understanding, man, to me, it's time to sit back and watch. 
But is all the Rogers stuff water under the bridge to you? 855-616-1620 if you'd like to weigh in. Uh, The Packers are the cream of the crop in the NFC North. I don't think there's any question about that. Minnesota's having some issues with uh, their team and their frontline talent and the quarterback and captain of the team not being vaccinated. That's a big story in Minnesota. So at odds are Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. The Bears are trotting out Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback with their quarterback of the future. I I would assume set to take over around week four or five in Justin Fields. And the Detroit Lions are just an absolute mess. They are a rebuilding project. They will not win more than five games, I don't believe, this entire season. So the division belongs to the Packers for this year. After this year, who knows? But I believe this will be the final year for Aaron Rodgers as quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. It will be very expensive for them to keep Aaron Rodgers beyond this year. be very inexpensive to go with Jordan Love as their starting quarterback. Also, if Aaron Rodgers plays out his contract in Green Bay, well, then he gets away for nothing. So there's a lot of things that lead me to believe this will be it for Aaron Rodgers. But are you able to... Remove yourself from everything that happened in the offseason with the understanding that Rodgers' time in Green Bay is coming to an end, whether it's this year or next. Regardless, it's coming to an end. And this could be the last dance, which Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams referenced. 855-616-1620. We do have some comments from Aaron Rodgers. We'll play coming up on the other side. Some sound you need to hear from Aaron Rodgers. Let's begin with Aaron in Port Washington. You're on WTMJ. Hi, Aaron. Hey, uh, good work as always here tonight. I just wanted to comment on what you're saying about Rodgers and the off season. I mean, I, uh, I'm ready to move on just with the regular season. I don't care. I agree with you that uh, this is going to be Rodgers last year there. But where I think the off season is going to play a role is if Rodgers struggles. I mean, he wasn't uh, he wasn't playing that great before last season. If he goes back to uh, to not being too good or just being a, a little bit of a, a over. Before last year, he was the middle of the road quarterback for a couple of years. I think if you're looking at it objectively, but I think with the off season that he had, I think Packer fans are going to have a shorter leash with him if he's not playing uh, top notch. So I hope he does. I hope they win a Super Bowl. I think it's his last year here, but um, I think that the off season is going to be seen uh, during the regular season if he's not doing well. Because one thing that Wisconsin and Green uh, Green Bay fans. Uh, expect is loyalty to them and if they don't think he doesn't want to be there uh, they're not going to have a very long leash with him yeah appreciate the phone call aaron it i I don't know how much of it is aaron doesn't want to be in green bay right i mean the the players the city the fans i mean all that i I think that's that's all stuff aaron Rodgers holds in high regard I, i think his odds are with the front office and the organization and how it's being run and i don't think the damage done between Brian Gutekunst and Aaron Rodgers is repairable. I really don't. It can be professional. It can be functional for a year. But it's not going to extend beyond this season. Look, Aaron Rodgers is due about $47 bucks. That's a significant cap hit. Not this season, but next. Jordan Love is going to be five, six. Like, you'd see an instant cap savings. And you also understand that first-round draft picks, especially quarterbacks, they play. They play. So from a financial standpoint, from a we-can-get-something-for-you-if-we-trade-you-and-we-don't-want-to-allow-you-to-pick-where-you-go, I think everything points in the direction of this being Aaron Rodgers' final year. But are you willing to put everything aside, everything, just sweep it under the rug from what happened in the offseason? 
855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. 855-616-1620. Coming up next, some sound you need to hear from the Packers locker room. It is from Aaron Rodgers. We'll also get to our rookie power rankings. Who's going to be the stud or studs on the Packers offense and defense from the first year crop? It's after this, our Packers season preview special on WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers season preview on WTMJ. I'm just a Chris Stapleton with Cheryl Crow on the main stage tonight here at Summerfest, where we continue with our Packers season preview special. I'm Greg Matzik. Mason Crosby, Packers kicker and franchise all-time leading scorer, will join us coming up at 6.33. So the Aaron Rodgers situation, it boiled over in the offseason, and it was month after month of storyline after storyline. It got nauseating. It was frustrating. It was annoying. We didn't hear from Rodgers until he reported to training camp, and he sort of let the air out of the bag a little Okay, I, it, to me, it's water under the bridge. Sweep it under the rug. It doesn't matter anymore why Aaron's frustrated. He is a complicated fella. He's a tough dude to get along with. He's a tough dude to see eye to eye with. I get that. He's also a brilliant quarterback. And from a fan perspective, I, I'm not as concerned about his attitude in the locker room as I am what happens on the field. We didn't hear from Rodgers for a very long time. He explained on the Pat McAfee show why. Yeah. But it just didn't it didn't seem right the entire time because my motivation was never to slam the organization or the fan base or anybody specifically. I you know, I was just in contemplation and wanted to you know, take time to think about where I was at and what I wanted to do. I didn't want to get into, you know, match and you know, you and that other scrub from WWE, you know, who always tried oh. yeah. I'm not going to mention his name. Yeah, yeah, please yes. don't. Thank you. That, you know, I, I just wanted it to be uh, to be cordial. I love the organization. I've, I've had a, lo- a long, uh, long time being here, and I didn't want to make it, uh, you know, make it play out in public. Is it all water under the bridge for you? Here we are knocking on the door of the regular season beginning. Have you forgotten about it? Are you willing to let it all go? Kevin joins us next from Mount Calvary. You're on WTMJ. Hi, Kevin. How are we doing? Doing well, man. How are you? I'm excellent. Yeah, so I'm I'm over it. And as a fan, I think we can all get over it. You know, my bigger concern is long-term future. For this has happened a couple times now with a long-term quarterback, great quarterback, and I'm just worried about the next future of what's the incentive to come to Green Bay for a long-time career when this we have a repetitive thing that keeps happening with long-term quarterbacks and how we treated them at the end. And there's two sides yeah, to the story. I, I, I don't know what everything yeah. is. It is interesting, Kevin, because you, you also have to have some proficiency at the position to attract free agents or to get some of your quality players to stay. Uh, if you're a wide receiver, would you rather saddle up next to Aaron Rodgers or you know go out to Vegas and play with Derek Carr? I mean, it's just, people make business decisions based upon the person throwing them the ball. And I, that, that may not be compelling enough, the idea of Jordan Love at quarterback to keep and retain talent or get free agents to come to Green Bay, which is... Never an easy thing. That's why it's always full of bonuses and workout bonuses and things like that. It's just tough. But the quarterback play, the overall shape of the organization, perennial Super Bowl contender, that was enough for a long time. But with Aaron Rodgers gone, <laughs> can he have three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row? That is that is unheard of. Two, enough is, two in a row is tough enough. But uh, it puts a lot of pressure on Jordan Love. He's going to be the starting quarterback next year. We'll see how the team shapes up. But 
Uh, to me, it's over after this season with Aaron Rodgers. Where he goes, who knows? The Packers will control that. They're not going to let Aaron Rodgers de- de- decide where he w- is going to go. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he ends up in Minnesota. That ain't going to happen if the Packers can control. They'll send him to an AFC team, a team that, you know, wouldn't even be in their way until potentially a matchup in the Super Bowl. 855-616-1620. Mason Crosby will join us coming up after the 630 News. We're also going to do a little two-minute drill. I want to do a snapshot of what else is happening in the NFC North. Some really interesting storylines developing with the Bears and Vikings. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but just a little broad overview as to who could be in the Packers' way in the division. We'll do that coming up at about 640 tonight. More after this on WTMJ. This is the Packers season preview on WTMJ. Joe Jett, the Blackhearts, performing at 9.30 tonight at the BMO Harris Pavilion with Miller Lite. That's one of the great stages down here at Summerfest, right on the water, uh, the bay that is adjacent to the lake, just a beautiful setting. Uh, great, they've done some amazing things down here in the Summerfest grounds, that is for sure. And the main stage tonight, Chris Stapleton and Cheryl Crow. I wonder if Cheryl Crow's going to have Giannis on stage. Any bets? Giannis has been everywhere this entire summer, right? Popping up at the State Fair. He's been at Mayfair Mall. You might see him in the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. He's a man about town all of a sudden. Uh, anybody? Would they be surprised to see Giannis on stage with Cheryl Crow tonight? I know she's a Chris Middleton guy, but if you're Chris Middleton... And you're Giannis. Uh, I don't think Chris likes that kind of stage. <laughs> a little more quiet. You might see Giannis on stage tonight. Something Bucks-related has got to happen tonight uh, inside the amphitheater with Cheryl Crow on stage. Packers kicker Mason Crosby will join us coming up here after the 6.30 news. I do want to get into rookie power rankings. I, the Packers are going to have significant contributions from rookies this season. Now, I'm, I'm doing my best to try and figure out who is at the head of the list because – the positions are so different that it, it may not be as easy for a guy like Royce Newman, who's a, a fourth-round offensive lineman, who's going to start on Sunday against uh, the New Orleans Saints. It may not be as easy play-to-play to see what he does as compared to uh, Amari Rogers, the third-round wide receiver out of Clemson, uh, who I also think you'll see on the field in a variety of different packages. Think Think Tyler Irvin from last year. Remember him, number 32. He was always in motion. He was occasionally uh, split out wide. Uh, he was just he kind of a gadget guy with a little juice to him. I, I kind of feel like that's where Amari Rodgers is going to start in this Packers offense. So I do think he'll be involved. But you will have contributions from rookies throughout the course of this season. Two starters on the offensive line. Amari Rodgers is going to factor in. Kylan Hill is a seventh-round pick. Seventh-round pick. He's also the team's number three running back. I I don't think he gets a lot of touches at the running back position with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones ahead of him. But he is, I think, going to be a factor in the return game. And you'll likely have some other rookies factoring in on special teams. So uh, I'll do my best to to power rank the rookies. We'll go through them one by one and sort of figure out where they fit uh, and who I think is going to have the most significant and meaningful contributions uh i do have a clubhouse leader which uh we'll get to coming up sometime before seven o'clock 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us i do want to get into the Devonte adams situation a little bit more not sure if you heard his comments from yesterday uh but Devonte adams was asked point blank by rod domovsky do you think a contract extension will be hammered out before the regular season begins on occasion 
the Packers have made a big splash signing right around the time the regular season gets underway. Uh, I think it was two years ago. The Packers inked David Bakhtiari to a contract extension. Uh, it was a few years ago now. Uh, I believe it was announced two days after the start of the regular season, coincidentally, was in Jacksonville, so several years ago. Uh, but occasionally this happens. But Devontae Adams put that all to bed yesterday, saying there's no chance. There's no chance of a contract extension for Devontae Adams before the start of the season. That's okay. The waiting game might be most beneficial for Adams, and the waiting game might be most beneficial for the Packers. I think there is one way Devontae Adams returns to the Packers after this season. We'll get to that coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Welcome back to Packers Season Preview on WTMJ. All I wanna do. Here we go. Down on one knee, arm extended. Here's the snap, high snap, placement made. Kick to the upright. It is good! It is good! Mason Crosby has done it! A dagger! And the Packers are into no worse than the number two seed in the NFC playoffs. And a week off, Green Bay is into the divisional round of the playoffs. Brilliant career for the Packers franchise. All-time leading scorer continues, Mason Crosby. Entering year number 15 in the green and gold. Mason joins us on the line in our Packers season preview. Hey, Mason. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well, man. So, I Packers franchise all-time leading scorer. I know that doesn't get old. I, I'm starting to look here now. I, do you know where you rank on the all-time NFL scoring list? Do I need to break this uh, news to you? No, someone did tell me uh, the beginning of, beginning of camp. I think I, I think I broke. I'm like right around 20. Did I break into the top 20? So you are right on number 20. Now, this is interesting okay. because Ryan Longwell and Jan Stenerud are right ahead of you at 19 and 18. You're going to get Longwell again. Yeah, I, I do I do feel a little bad about that. <laughs> Longwell has been such a he's been such a good guy to me, um, you know, whenever he was there in Minnesota, I mean, playing against him all those years, uh, yeah, nothing nothing but positives to him, but uh, yes, unfortunately my time here, I have uh, I have surpassed some of his records. It's pretty amazing, Mason, when you break it down. I, I don't know a, at what point in your career you start thinking about stuff like that or if you ever did um, until you started closing in on the record. I, I don't know if you're going to play ten more years, but I, I feel like that uh, if you do that and, and you're going to be a top three, top four scorer in, in all time ever in the NFL. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like here in the last, you know, couple of years, um, you know, those those conversations have, you know, become a little more prevalent just, um, you know, as you start cracking into some, like, kind of rarefied air with, uh, yeah, breaking into the top 20, um, you know, some of the, you know, scoring records, um, field goals made, you know, some different things that are just kind of, you keep compiling. And um, that's definitely not something I, like, focus on as, like, goals those aren't those aren't my goals um because you know ultimately you know i'm a byproduct of uh you know the the great offense that we've had and uh, you know the great teams that we've had here so i'm just out there trying to put my best product out on the field do my job and then it's um you know all those things i think it's like whenever it's all said and done someday i'll wake up and you know it's you'll flip through and be like man that was that was an unbelievable ride i mean look at look at all the stuff that's uh that's gone and then I'll go to my next kid's soccer game. You know, <laughs> like kinda, I, I know, I know that's what my future holds. Uh, you know, with five little ones at home, um, 
Yeah, as soon as this is done someday, um, yeah, I'll just be I'll be super dad chasing them around. Well, I, I know some of your children are, are at the point now where they, they kind of get what daddy does for a living, but you, you bring up an interesting point. How long do you want to keep doing this? You know, uh, Molly and I talk about it, you know, occasionally, but it's just um, you know, we're loving life. We're loving being here in Green Bay, so I'm uh, I'm just just riding it as long as I can. I'm just going to keep uh, keep trying to perform at a high level and uh, you know do this uh, do this job as long as possible. As long as I wake up every day, have a have a good mindset, and uh, can take care of my body, and uh, you know enjoy enjoy the grind of it all. Um, you know, I don't see why I wouldn't wouldn't continue to try to push to do this as long as possible. You know, in in, in a time when you know some kickers just sort of I don't want to use the term breakdown, but it does happen. Maybe the leg isn't quite as strong. I, you go out in 2020 and knock in 100 percent of your field goals. I I just yeah, just keep doing that, Mason. That was that was just an amazing season. You're 14th in the in the league, and he hit 100 <laughs> percent. Well, yeah, you know it's. Yeah, we we had some good opportunities. Um, you know, I, I was I was happy. I was able to you know knock in some long field goals. Uh, you know, kind of in the mix there as well. So uh, you know, some sometimes it's just uh, you know situations fall how they how they do. And uh, yeah, I didn't didn't have as many attempts as uh, you know I've I think it was the fewest attempts I've ever had. But uh, you know they they all kind of you know they were you know they were kicks that needed to be made. So uh, you know I was I was thankful to be able to go out there and execute last year and. Uh, yeah, my plan is to uh, just to kind of keep keep my head down, keep working. Um, you know, I think I think the second you kind of you know rest on anything that uh, you've accomplished in the past, um, you know, stuff creeps up on you. So my my job is to go out there and, and you know, I can't repeat last year, I can't uh, you know relive last year, but uh, you know, kind of make make the best out of, uh, of of this upcoming season. Obviously, we have to adjust first week. You know, it's. We're going to be playing indoors. Yeah, it was going to be loud and crazy, but uh, controlled environment. Now we transition and we go to Jacksonville, and uh, you know we'll, we'll take on whatever uh, whatever that brings us. Packers kicker Mason Crosby joining us in our Packers season preview special. Packers open the season Sunday against New Orleans in Jacksonville, as Mason uh, alluded to. Uh, Mason, how did you digest everything that happened this off season? It, it appeared unsettled for a, a number of weeks and really a, a few months, and we're in a much different spot now. It, it feels like from the outside looking in. Can, can you walk through what it's been like to to be a member of the Green Bay Packers over the last several months? Yeah, you know uh, this uh, this off season was unique in in a lot of different uh, in a lot of different ways. I mean, we had um, you know very it was like a an unknown world of like what are we going to do pandemic world uh you know post pandemic or in the middle of a pandemic in the second off season are we going virtual are we all coming in what you know all the different variables so uh as soon as the nfl kind of just said like off season is starting as scheduled then you know we went into a crazy space of honestly just having like open communication and like uh, negotiations with the team so in the midst of obviously you're referencing all the Aaron stuff. It was like, we, I, I didn't say his name. I, I didn't say his name at all. Mason. I didn't, well, I, I didn't say his name. You know, this is my first rodeo. So, <laughs> but you know, in the midst of all that, it was like dealing with all these other little nuances. And then, uh, you know, just kind of trying to, you know, keep tabs on, you know, where Aaron's at, what's the, what's his headspace? What, uh, you know, what's, what's he trying to get accomplished? And, 
you know, just so good to, you know, when training camp got here and there was a, you know, a little sense of normalcy and, you know, Aaron has just been unbelievable through, you know, these last uh, couple months just with how he's approaching, you know, this season as a leader, um, as a teammate, as a, you know, part of the organization. I mean, it's, uh, I, I give him a lot of credit for the potential tension that, you know, could have been there and, uh, and the way he's handled it, handled it. And, you know, honestly, how the way the, the organization has just really kind of stepped up and they're trying to, trying to piece through all, all the, you know, all the nuances that, uh, you know, that this has brought. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't think as soon as camp started and everything was behind us, it's, that's all it was. I mean, I, I, I haven't, you haven't felt the ripple effect or any kind of, uh, you know, situation uh, you know, pop up since uh, since Aaron's shown up in the building. When was the last time, Mason, you, you suited up for the beginning of a season without Super Bowl, realistic Super Bowl thoughts in your head? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, we've uh, we've lived a charmed life here. Uh, you know, being in Green Bay for all these years, just being able to have that expectation. But with expectation, you know, comes you know comes all the stuff with it. So you know, we uh, you know, you're hearing all the stuff coming from our locker room. Uh, you know, around our our team and uh, you know the confidence that uh, you know we're we're alluding. But uh, you know that confidence comes from what we've been doing in practice, the work that's being put in, uh, you know, in the weight room and in the classroom. So um, I think guys are feeding off each other. And, um, you know, this team, this team definitely feels special. And, um, you know, as long as you have guys like Aaron, uh, you know, at quarterback and Devontae at receiver, Aaron Jones running the ball. I mean, you've got a good young, uh, you know, uh, athletic offensive line and, uh, you know, pieces all over the place. Our defense is flying around, um, you know, guys making plays all the time. I mean, this, this team is really poised to put their heads down, go to work every day, and uh, you know, try to try to do something special this year. Season begins on a Sunday in Jacksonville against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, when I looked at the schedule, Mason, when it came out, I was I, you get a night game, which I, I guess is a little reprieve. I I was wondering if you were going to petition the NFL for a really early bye week so you could just you know plunk down at Whistling Straits for the Ryder Cup for about a week. <laughs> I know, I know. It was uh, as soon as that, yeah, that was confirmed and the schedule came out. That was uh, that was definitely, you know, to be honest, was one of my first thoughts. I'm like, all right, is there is there a time I can pop down there? I think you know, if there's a chance, it might be Friday afternoon, as long as we don't go to uh, San Francisco um, a little bit early. Oh yeah, it's a long flight too. That does happen. <laughs> uh, I do have a couple days. It's. Uh... Uh, it's not an easy thing to get a credential to, even as a member of the media. So uh, I think Friday is going to be my day there, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful I can just be on the grounds <laughs> with each each of the days, even if it's a practice round. I just I just want to be a part of it, just like you, I'm sure. I know. It's uh, yeah, it's such a it's it's been awesome all these years watching it on TV, and uh, you know, I, I can't imagine what it's like in person. It's so unique because it's like you know they don't they don't usually they don't take up the whole course. I mean they're they're playing on five six holes you know at a time and so it's like everything's condensed everybody's kind of you know loud and cheering it on right in the same spot and uh, i think whistling straits is going to be a perfect venue for it uh you know just uh you know kind of all the elevated positions that you can watch all the action from oh great month to be a wisconsin sports fan no doubt about that mason i always appreciate your time my friend great to catch up and we'll talk to you again soon i hope all right really appreciate it 
All right, take care. Packers kicker Mason Crosby, number 20 on the NFL's all-time leading scorer list. So he's about, uh, let's see here, a little less than 1,000 points behind Adam Vinatieri. So you're looking at uh, maybe eight, ten years or so. Could he catch? Could he go to 47 and catch Adam Vinatieri? Have to pass a couple of active players as well. But nonetheless, a brilliant career continues for Packers kicker Mason Crosby. Coming up next, we're going to run the two-minute drill, a little snapshot of what else is going on in the NFC North. We'll run it after this on WTMJ. This is the Packers season preview on WTMJ. Stapleton takes the main stage tonight with Cheryl Crow. That show gets underway about 7.30 from the Summerfest grounds, where you can find me until 8 o'clock. I'm Greg Matzik. Our Packers season preview special continues. We know the Packers are favorites to win the NFC North Division once again. What about the other teams in the division, the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions? Time to get a snapshot of the division and run our two-minute drill. we got about two minutes. You make them count. And we welcome in from WCCO in Minneapolis, Purple Insider. On the radio, it's Matthew Collar. Hey, Matthew. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. What's going on in Minnesota? It appears as if the head coach, Mike Zimmer, and some of the players, including Kirk Cousins, are at odds. Is there a real beef growing? (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, tension would be the way to put it. Um, I think Mike Zimmer was frustrated with his low vaccination rates, and once Kirk Cousins missed some practice time because of a close contact COVID. Uh, It's been very tense since then because Zimmer, like all coaches, has tried to urge his players to get vaccinated so they're available on Sundays. But uh, I think Zimmer was a little more open in the media about it than some of the other coaches. And I think it started off on kind of a bad foot there. And then the offense really struggled throughout the preseason, the preseason games they were in, throughout training camp as well. So it's been kind of an uncomfortable time here in the lead-up to the season. What is the one thing that a Vikings fan is most concerned about today? Oh, it's probably just that, you know, Herb Smith Jr. was lost for the season with a knee injury, and they have a revamped offensive line. This team, as you probably know, has not had a good offensive line in years, and uh, the Packers have been many times the beneficiary of that, pressuring Vikings quarterbacks. And so they have a former tackle that they're moving into guard on one side, another former tackle that they're moving into guard on the other side, a first-round center who hasn't proven himself, and a career swing tackle starting at left tackle in this game against Cincinnati in Week 1. So I think until the offensive line proves that they could be any type of upgrade, that's always at the top of Vikings fans' minds. What's the strongest component of the Vikings team? I would say probably their wide receiver duo. I mean, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are unstoppable. Um, when the Vikings are really cooking, I mean, you saw last year, Justin Jefferson goes for 1,400 yards, more receiving yards in his first year than Randy Moss had. I mean, it was really, truly an incredible season and not at all a fluke from what I saw. I mean, Jefferson can get open in any circumstance, can go up and get it in contested catches, and you, you know very well how well Adam Thielen tracks the ball down the field. And those two are just hard to stop when Delvin Cook is rushing the ball. So I think that um, Vikings fans are most confident in just the fact that the weapons will be good. Whether they can protect Cousins to allow him to get the ball to those weapons, always a different question. Short answer here, Matthew. Are the Vikings a playoff team? 
I think they are, and I don't think they're anything more than that, though. I think they can make it, but not go deep. Matthew Culler, WCCO in Minneapolis. Appreciate it, bud. Yep, thanks for having me. You bet. Let's welcome in Jeff Dickerson, ESPN NFL Nation reporter. He covers the Chicago Bears, really has a strong pulse on the entire league. Justin Fields is not going to start week one. Jeff, when will we see Justin Fields, the rookie, on the field? You know, Greg, I would say by week seven is probably the most generous timeline you can give. I mean, Bears fans, as you can imagine, are just clamoring for Justin Fields to take over. But it will be Andy Dalton against the Rams on Sunday night. And they're going to give Dalton a little bit of time here to see if he can establish himself, to see how they play. You know, if you just go by the preseason games, you know, Dalton and the entire first-team offense for Chicago was not very impressive. But the Bears are putting a lot more weight in what they saw on the practice field every day. And on the practice field, Andy Dalton had a lot more good days than he had bad days. But it's it's inevitable. I mean, Justin Fields is going to be the guy here. It's just a matter of time to see how long Andy Dalton can hold him off. And, again, my best guess would be by week seven, you know, close to that midway point of the season, the Bears will have made their change already. Are there enough weapons on offense to elevate it to the next level? They have some weapons. I mean, they do have David Montgomery. If they would just give him the ball consistently and they could try to run the ball and establish some continuity there, I think that's a weapon. You know, Allen Robinson obviously is a great wide receiver. Then it gets a little, you know, a little, you know, tougher. I mean, Darnell Mooney is their number two receiver. He's a second year guy that had a pretty good rookie year, but they're trying to kind of projecting a much, you know, better sophomore season for him. They've got some decent tight ends in Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. Uh, so there are weapons, but, you know, the Bears just, Greg, have not done well offensively for the most part under Matt Nagy. They have been so bad on third-down conversion. And when you're bad on third-down conversion, that means three things, right? You're getting penalized a lot. You're always third and long. You can't run the ball. Um, and your play calling has been predictable. So until they can really prove that schematically they're better, that they're going to commit to running the ball and they can pick up actual first downs on third down, it's really hard to say that there's going to be enough weapons on the roster to overcome those deficiencies if they're still here again this year. Are the Bears a playoff team? I I would say no. Um, (laughs) That's just my feeling. You know, they just don't seem like it's going to work offensively to the point where they need it to work. And, you know, their offensive line has had a lot of Issues. I mean, they're going to start Jason Peters at 39 years old against the Rams Sunday night. They signed him late in camp. Um, they had all kind of guys missing time. So I think they could win seven, eight, I don't know, maybe nine games. Is that enough to make the playoffs again this year? My, my guess is probably no. He covers the Bears as the ESPN NFL Nation reporter. Does a great job hosting Dickerson and Hood. It's our friend Jeff Dickerson. Appreciate your time, bud. Enjoy the start of the season. Thanks, Greg. You too. Take care. That's the two-minute drill with Matthew Collar and Jeff Dickerson. We'll wrap up hour number one after this on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio, this is News Radio WTMJ. 
Yeah, we'll get to the news here in just a moment. Coming up in hour number two, if you could only extend one of the following, who would you choose to extend? Devontae Adams, Elton Jenkins, or Jair Alexander? It's a very interesting question, and one the Packers might be faced with. It might be a two-out-of-three situation for the Packers. We'll get into that coming up on the other side. I also have it up on Twitter. It's our Twitter poll of the night, at GMatzik on Twitter right now. Over 50% say of the three, lock up Jair Alexander. Is that where you're at? We'll get your thoughts coming up on the other side. Packers rookie power rankings, Wayne Larvey, and what to watch in week one of the NFL season. That and more after this on WTMJ. You've waited long enough. The preseason? Scrap it. Draft day big boards? Burn them up. None of it matters now because football is back. This is Packers season preview. Preview the 2021 championship season right here. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio on the grounds of Summerfest. Here's your host, Greg Matzik. You know, I mentioned in hour number one, I do think this is going to be the final year for Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. You just start to look at the numbers here. The cap hit is just ridiculous after this season. Goes up to about $47 million. Jordan Love's cap hit is about $40 million less. I don't think the Packers want Aaron Rodgers to control where he goes. I think they would rather trade him and acquire assets. Everything just points in the direction of this being the final year for Aaron Rodgers. But what about Devontae Adams? Going into the final year of his contract, it's very clear, if you listen to Adam speak yesterday, that talks are, well, stuck in neutral on a contract extension. And no, Adams does not expect a new deal to be done prior to the season beginning. But if you could just pick one. And, and this might be what the Packers are faced with. I think they can keep two. But if you could only pick one, would it be Devontae Adams? Would it be Elton Jenkins? Or would it be Jair Alexander? Twitter poll question of the night at GMatic. Right now, Jair Alexander is in the lead. His contract expires after the 2023 season. Same with Elton Jenkins. Uh, just an incredibly versatile and productive offensive lineman who will start at left tackle in place of David Bottiari at least the first six weeks of the regular season. And then Adams who is going on year number 29. He'll turn 29 uh, right around Christmas time. Incredibly productive. But how often have you seen a Packers wide receiver receive a third contract in Green Bay? It's just not terribly common. If you could pick one, who would you pick? Devontae, Elton Jenkins, or Jair Alexander? 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Uh, We do have some sound you need to hear from Devontae Adams coming up in our next segment. There's no chance that a deal gets done before the start of this season, according to Adams. Now, on occasion, we have seen the Packers strike a deal with a premier player right around the time the season begins. It happened with David Bakhtiari a few years back. I think the deal was officially announced on the uh, two days after the start of the regular season. You can imagine the detail points were all figured out and, you know, choosing to announce it on an off day versus going into the start of the season. It made all the sense in the world to me. I think about some of the better Packers receivers, really since Ted Thompson was the general manager. Greg Jennings never got a third contract in Green Bay. He was allowed to walk at the age of 29. Same with Randall Cobb. He was allowed to walk at the age of 28. Well, Adams turns 29 in December. A couple other realities I think you have to consider. Adams' next contract, it's going to make him the highest paid receiver in NFL history. And I think the Packers' priorities from a multi-year contract standpoint are with Jair Alexander and Elton Jenkins, not with Adams. So, I mean, it's kind of risky here, but 
I, I get why Adams wants to get things locked up. I, I preferred to get it locked up, whether it's Green Bay or you know down the road with another team. You hate to have your contract expire without a new deal on the table, just you know, risk of injury and whatnot in the NFL. It's kind of a cold business. But you also, I think if you're Devontae Adams, you kind of want this Aaron Rodgers situation to play out. I mean, who knows? Could something crazy happen and Rodgers come back next season? What if Rodgers goes to a team that has a ton of cap space and could bring in Rodgers via trade and then swing a free agent deal for Adams? The Packers, I don't think they mind playing the waiting game either. It's exactly what they did with Aaron Jones. Now, he wasn't the highest-paid running back in NFL history, but a pretty lucrative multi-year contract for a very productive player. I'd love to see Adams back in 2022. Would absolutely love it, because A, he's with Rodgers, and that means the Packers' offense is all the more potent, or B, he's with Jordan Love, which gives Jordan Love an all-pro premier talent to throw the ball to. So I like it in any situation. Devontae Adams on the team is better than Devontae Adams off the team. But the only way he comes back in 2022 is via the franchise tag. I I just don't see the Packers forking over mega bucks for Adams when they have to do so for Elton Jenkins and Jair Alexander. I don't see either one of those two players getting away. Now again, injuries could change the tenor of that conversation in a minute. We've seen it happen in the league year after year. But assuming a clean bill of health, I think Adams is on the outside of this looking in. Only Jordy Nelson, in recent memory, has received a third contract from the Packers. And he didn't even play out that contract with the Packers. He was left to walk, and he offered to take a pay cut. That didn't work. The Packers were just ready to move on. Adams is incredibly productive, more productive than any of the names that I just mentioned at wide receiver. But I just don't see him staying on a highest-paid player at the position sort of deal with the Packers. Am I wrong? What would you do? 855-616-1620. Coming up next, we will hear from Devontae Adams, the sound you need to hear from the Packers locker room, addressing the last dance situation. Remember the tweet, the Instagram post he and Aaron Rodgers coordinated? Adams explains after this on WTMJ. The preview continues. This is Packers season preview. Welcome back in. It's our Packers season preview from the Summerfest grounds. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts later tonight. Main stage, Chris Stapleton and Cheryl Crow. I'm thinking, is Giannis going to show up tonight? Is he going to be on the stage with Cheryl Crow? I, I don't picture Chris Middleton in that scenario. He's just not that kind of an outward-facing guy. But maybe Giannis, he's popping up everywhere this summer. Should be a good show tonight. Beautiful night here on the Summerfest grounds. We'll do our Packers rookie power rankings coming up in a few moments. Also, voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, will join us at 7.30, and we're about uh, three, four minutes away from the regular season beginning in Tampa, Florida, with the Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Well, a few months back, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams had a coordinated tweet. It was an Instagram post, as a matter of fact, that, I don't know, went viral, got everybody talking. It was a picture of Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, you know, from The Last Dance. I believe this will be Aaron Rodgers' final year as quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I do believe unless a franchise tag is slapped on Devontae Adams, it will be his final year as a member of the Green Bay Packers. Regardless, I don't think they're playing together in Green Bay uh, next year. Now It's possible they could end up on the same team, but just not in Green Bay. So what was the last dance post all about? Adams was asked to explain. It's the sound you need to hear from the locker room. Putting all the, the last dance and what it stands for, um, aside, I think it every year is basically the last dance based off of how we kind of talked about it because 
you think about it, I mean, it was Jordan and, you know, Pippen's last dance or whatever, but it's our last dance as that group, you know, regardless. Like, this team is not going to be the same team, um, you know, personnel-wise next year. It's just not going to be the exact same people out there. So when you have the opportunity, you know, we, uh, we've had, I've been blessed to be around a lot of really great players since I've been here. Um, but it was our last dance of having Julius Peppers around. It was our last dance of having Micah Hyde here, Casey uh, Hayward. You know, that's that's kind of how I look at it and how we start to look at it as a team. Is like, it really is the last dance for having this type of group here. We don't know what the next year is going to hold. You know, leaving myself and Aaron and stuff out of it. Still a lot of big parts of this team other than us here. You know, it's, it's always uncertainty year to year as far as who's going to be on the on the roster. So, the way we look at it is just you know, this is the team we have right now. So we got to go out there and take care of it. Um, there's really no excuse because we got a lot of the same guys from last year and we just added on. I feel like got better than what we were the past couple of years. So um, there's no excuse but to go and you know take care of business now. Okay, now part of that is true. Uh, it will be a different team next year, right? The soup always tastes a little bit different. You can, in usual cases, maintain the bulk of your core, at least you hope. Uh, but ancillary pieces, uh, they tend to move on, move in and move out. But as it pertains to the Instagram post, that's a bunch of crap. That was all about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That had nothing to do with the rest of the football team. Nothing at all. That was purely Rodgers and Adams saying, this is our last jam together. Let's get it. And I'm on board with it, right? I Sweep it all under the rug. It's water under the bridge. Whatever cliche you want to apply. I, whatever happened in the offseason, I'm done with it. I was frustrated several months ago. This is all about what's happening on the field. And to me... Devontae and Aaron both know it. This will be the last time they play together as members of the Green Bay Packers. Packers rookie power rankings, we'll get to that coming up on the other side. Don't forget to weigh in on our Twitter poll, at GMatzik. Who would you keep? Devontae Adams, whose contract expires after this season, Elton Jenkins, or Jair Alexander, whose contracts expire after the 2023 season? I'll give you an update on that poll coming up on the other side. And our rookie power rankings after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers Season Preview on WTMJ. Psycho from a Midwest suburb. I woke up and I told her, You won't know me when the feeling's all gone. And I tell everyone, And the look on your face will slowly come undone. Our Packers season preview continues from the Summerfest grounds. I'm Greg Matzik. Stop on down. Beautiful night here in the Summerfest grounds. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. Speaking of beautiful, will join us coming up at the 7.30 news. We are underway with the start of the NFL season with the Buccaneers and Cowboys from Tampa Bay. And uh, the Packers will not face either of these two teams this season unless they meet one another in the playoffs, which is uh, certainly possible. And uh going to be a fun one tonight as we kick off in style the 2021 NFL season. There will be many a Packers rookie affecting this year's roster. Uh, you're going to see rookies dotted all over the field, including the starting lineup. How do we rank the rookies here? We've got power rankings to go through here in our Packers season preview. The names you need to know, where they slot, and who's going to have the greatest impact. Uh, nice music choice, Greg Hill. This is exactly what I would have chosen. Thank you. It, is it labeled power rankings uh, in our system? Um, it is a 21 music bed minute music bed called NFL Primetime. Okay, good enough. We will take it and run with it. So the Packers, uh, and I'm just going off drafted rookies here. So drafted rookies, names that you need to know, need to pay attention to. We'll go in reverse order of the rookies I think will have the most 
from the least significant impact to the most significant impact. So here we go. You might hear his name a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be anything more than special teams unless there is a dramatic situation with injuries or a rapid ascension. But I just don't see much out of Shamar John Charles. He's a cornerback from Appalachian State, a little bit undersized, kind of a speed guy. Uh, I thought it was a, a trial by fire for him throughout the course of the regular, uh, excuse me, the preseason. He's a rookie in the NFL. He's a rookie defensive back in the NFL. That is a tough putt from the start. I don't think you're going to hear much out of Shamar John Charles. And considering where he was drafted, kind of a later round draft pick, you may not see much at all from Shamar John Charles during his time in Green Bay. Next on the list, Cole Van Lannen. He's a big offensive lineman, a guard tackle, uh, primarily guard, I think, at the NFL level, but drafted out of Wisconsin in the sixth round. And he's going to have a chance to grow in the system. You're not going to see much out of Cole Van Lannen early on, I don't believe, as a rookie. Again, injuries could force him uh, onto the team. He is signed to the Packers practice squad, so another indication that he's uh, sort of a developmental prospect here for the Packers. 6'4", 305, out of Wisconsin. That's great pedigree, and uh, he's got a shot. He's got a shot to stick, but uh, a practice squad player is where he will begin his NFL career. Next on the list, he's an interesting guy, big, strong, and fast, Isaiah McDuffie. So another six-round pick. He was a compensatory selection, and he's going to fill in at linebacker, but primarily he's going to be a special teams player. This guy is going to affect, I think, what the Packers do on special teams. Now, again, he's a rookie, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But this is where he'll have his most uh, significant impact, I do, I do believe. Next on the list, how about Kylan Hill? Can we give it up for Kylan Hill, Greg Hill? Your namesake. Yeah, my cousin. It's not really. I wish it was. Okay, well, he's going to be returning kicks, I think, for the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, as a seventh-round pick, uh, to even make the roster, I think, is a, a significant sign of, of what he's capable of doing. And he flat-out earned the third running back spot. Dexter Williams is looking for work because of Kylan Hill. And I think he instantly steps into a, a kick-return situation. I, I mean, I don't know that he was dynamic or showed the you know, he was the next coming of Desmond Howard. Uh, but he gives you a little bit of size and speed. He's over 215 pounds, so that's a good fit. And he helps you out in a pinch. He was an, uh, an outstanding performer in the preseason. Kylan Hill checks in next on the list. Let's move to one of the big guys, uh, a Packers draft pick in the fifth round, T.J. Slayton. He's a big dog. He is a uh, B.J. Raji-shaped individual. And there were times uh, during the preseason where he looked absolutely unblockable. He's played in big games at the college level. Defensive lineman from Florida. First team all-country recognition at right tackle in high school, right? I mean, he's moved from tackle to defensive line. He's put on the pounds. He carries the weight well. He is a big dude. And if you think about, you know, the Tyler Lancasters and Dean Lowry's of the world, they're, they're, they're decent. But the Packers have, have been able to find guys, either street-free agents or late in the draft, who have come in with a, a little bit of pop. And I would say T.J. Slayton fits into that role. Next up on the list, number four, is number one, Eric Stokes, the rookie first-round pick out of Georgia. I, I thought maybe he would start as a nickel cornerback. It, it doesn't look like he is going to be that high in the depth chart just yet, but I think it's only a matter of time before he takes over in that spot. Now, the big question is, can he graduate to playing or taking over for Kevin King? If it's one thing we know about Kevin King, it's inconsistency and it's injuries. That's kind of where it goes with Kevin King when you discuss his career. 
Speed guy, six feet, 200 pounds, good size. Speed is his greatest attribute. He was the number one draft pick, first round draft pick, I should say, number 29 overall. I think Eric Stokes factors in to what the Packers do on defense. But you may not hear his name called as early in the season as the others that I mentioned. Including number three on the list, Royce Newman. Now, if you asked me at the start of the season or the start of training camp, I would not have had Royce Newman this high on the list. But here we are. He's going to step in and be the starting right guard. A fourth-round pick out of Ole Miss, 6'5", 3'10". The Packers had a terrible time running the football in the first preseason game. And then Royce Newman stepped in and Lucas Patrick stepped out. And things looked a little bit better as they committed to the run. So a learning curve to be sure, no doubt about it. But the Packers have been able to find mid-round gems. If you think about Josh Sitton, T.J. Lang, David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, these are all mid-rounders or late-rounders that have been found by either Ted Thompson or Brian Gutekunst. So you get an instant starter on an offensive line missing two All-Pros from a year ago. Corey Lindsley is gone. David Bakhtiari is injured. Royce Newman, number three on my rookie power rankings. Number two is A. Rogers. No, not that one. It's Amari Rogers, a diminutive corner, excuse me, wide receiver slash gadget guy. Yeah, we'll go with that. He's a third-round pick out of Clemson. If you recall what Tyler Irvin did last year for the Packers, kind of a motion guy out of the backfield, I, I think that's what Amari Rogers is going to do early on. Uh, there'll be times where he splits out and uh, kind of goes to the slot, maybe a Randall Cobb-type situation. But versatility, I think, is is the key phrase here. And he'll be a motion man. You'll see him on the field. Big splash plays, hey, who knows? Uh, those happen with regularity in the Packers' offense. But Amari Rodgers checks in at number three, excuse me, number two on my rookie power rankings. And number one is center Josh Myers. He steps into a starting center role out of Ohio State, a second-round pick, and he is the guy to backfield Corey Lindsley. Now, why do I have Josh Myers on the list ahead of Royce Newman or Amari Rodgers? To me, it's very clear. He touches the ball every play. Every play on offense, Josh Myers has the ball touching his hands. And, with luck, getting it to the hands of Aaron Rodgers. Now, it seems like a simple operation. Until you realize what makes Aaron Rodgers so special. It's the silent count, operating out of the shotgun. It's catching a 12th man on the field and then having a signal to the center to snap the ball quickly so they can accentuate the situation and develop a free play. Rodgers and Lindsley were brilliant at that. This is something a rookie has to step into and pick up immediately because it's a significant part of the way Aaron Rodgers plays football. So to me, Josh Myers, second-round draft pick out of Ohio State, he is number one on my rookie power rankings. We'll get Wayne Larravee's thought coming up on the other side. This is the Packers season preview on WTMJ. Rodgers takes, fakes the handoff, looks to throw, lofts it down the middle. Lazard's got it, and he's gone! He is gone! Touchdown! The Packers with a dagger! 31-18, Allen Lazard, 58 yards! Devontae Adams' contract is up after this season. Elton Jenkins in 2023. Jair Alexander also expires in 2023. How would you prioritize signing a multi-year extension for one of these guys? It's our poll question of the night at GMatsic on Twitter right now. Jair Alexander, about 49% of the vote. Uh, next up, Devontae Adams with about 34%. It's going to be an interesting offseason, I think, here for the Green Bay Packers because uh, they have got some marquee talent that they will look to keep. I don't know that they can keep all of them. It usually ends up being that they can't. 
The season begins on Sunday for the Green Bay Packers in Jacksonville against the New Orleans Saints. He will be on the call. Joining us, Wisconsin Broadcasting Hall of Famer Wayne Larvey. Wayne, congrats on the uh, the recent honor. Very well deserved. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. Yeah, so do you get the knock on the door from, from David Baker, the, uh, the Hall of Fame guy, the pro football? Does he come knocking and say congratulations? No. I got a phone call, though. That was pretty exciting. Well, good stuff, and, uh, and very well-deserved. You and Rock will be doing a, another great job calling the games this year on the road. It begins in Jacksonville. You know, Wayne, I, I really don't have a lot of questions uh, about the offense. I, I think it comes back and should be among the highest-scoring offenses in the NFL. My only wonder is about the offensive line. I, I don't, I don't want to say it's a concern, but I think ordinarily, if you talk about removing two all-pros and inserting two rookies, it, it at least is going to raise an eyebrow. Why, why is this not a disaster situation in Green Bay? Well, you know, Greg, the point you make is correct. I, I, you know, let's be honest. Uh, Corey Lindsley was the best center in the NFL last year, uh, and he's gone. David Bakhtiari, the best left tackle in the NFL, and he's gone for at least six weeks. Um, you know, so you can't, you're, you're not going to take a step back when you make subtractions like that. Now, the two rookies that have stepped in, the thing that, that I look at, and it's, it's not X's and O's, it's just the intangibles. And, you know, Josh Myers looks like he's been there for 10 years, okay? Uh, he's like that picture you hang on the wall and you say, oh, that's always been there, right? Um, you know, the same thing with uh, when I look at the right guard position and Royce Newman has stepped in and hasn't, you know, it looks like a veteran. Um, they just look like veterans. And, again, we haven't seen him under fire. We haven't seen him in a real game. But we saw a lot of him in preseason, and we saw a lot of him at training camp. And both those guys look like the, the spotlight's not too big for them. The stage is not too big. And that's a good start. They will be two of, I think, probably three rookies who, who see the field a, a significant amount of time. I think Kylan Hills can affect special teams. Amari Rogers is the other rookie. I, uh, I did a little rookie power rankings, Wayne. I'm, I had Josh Myers, number one, Amari Rogers, number two, Royce Newman, number three. It's easy to look at Rogers and say, well, he just sort of fits the bill of, of what Tyler Irvin did a year ago. I, I think there's a a component of that that's true? Is there more to his game that the Packers will be able to exploit that, that Irvin maybe didn't quite have? Well, don't forget about Kylan Hill. You mentioned him as a return man, and yes, he'll do that. But I think they've got some things in store for him. Um, he he looks to me to be a guy who has a little bit of Jarek McKinnon in him. Uh, and I think this kid is going to be a, a guy who factors into the offense. Certainly, Amari Rodgers will, as you mentioned. Um, but they've got, and you haven't even mentioned Eric Stokes, they've got about four or five guys off of this draft, Greg, that may play key roles for this football team this year. And by the way, this is a veteran football team. This is a Packers football team that is all in on this year. Because as you alluded to earlier, and I talked about it in my podcast, I think just dropped tonight, uh, the play-by-play podcast, the last dance. It's not the last dance for just, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they're not the only two guys on the dance floor. That dance floor is going to be filled with veterans, okay? So uh, the point is this. To see these rookies have to play this kind of a role on this kind of a team that is, yes, one of the top five teams in the league, uh, that's remarkable. It, It appears to me to be a remarkable draft. Very early, premature to say that, but that's what it looks like. 
voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee, joining us on our Packers season preview special from the Summerfest grounds. I'm Greg Matzik with you till 8 o'clock. I'm not sure what to expect on defense, Wayne, only because I didn't get to see it. I was at training camp practices, so were you. Didn't get to see a lot. I couldn't point to a, you know the Joe Barry-style defense and say, yes, this is how it's going to act. I know sometimes with a new coordinator it, it can take a little bit. I like the pieces. What do you think will be the hallmark of a Joe Barry defense? Yeah, you know, Greg, um, this defense is a product of, what, 10 years of work? Since the 2011 defense collapsed, the post-Super Bowl defense collapsed, the Green Bay Packers have been trying to fix this side of the football. They've invested heavily in the draft. They've invested in free agency. They've invested in every way, shape, and form in this defense. And um, it's been getting steadily better over the last two years. But if you look at the defense, even last year, it was at best middle of the road. Okay? They need better than that. And that's what their intent is. Now, you look at this defense, and, and you have to have star people on all three levels. Well, Kenny Clark, if he's healthy, and, and that's a big if, the last two years, uh, you know, been a little disappointing to say the least, but by the time he got healthy in December and January, he was lights out. They need him to be lights out starting in September, okay? And that's, that's, he's the star in the defensive line. Next, you go to the linebacking core. You've got Zadarius Smith. Um, you know, he's a pro bowler uh, time and again. Uh, then you go to the back line and you've got a number of people there. Uh, obviously, Jair Alexander, one of the top three cornerbacks in the league. Then you've got, you know, I think Darnell Savage, one of the best young safeties in the league, and a guy who's kind of overlooked, but, um, you know, Adrian Amos is a guy who really solidifies everything back there. So I think they have, as you mentioned, Greg, the pieces are in play. You like the chess pieces. Now let's play chess, and now it comes down to the chess master. Make it go. Can you make it work? And it'll be interesting to see. Um, the little bit I can tell you is that uh, there is a little more soft coverage on the corners. The only thing I noticed was they were a little softer on the corners defensively, in, which means they're three or four or five yards back uh, on the corners from the wide receivers um, than they have been in the past, uh, certainly uh, more so than when Dom Capers was the defensive coordinator. But, um, you know, the other factor is they do a lot of different things out of that look. So uh, that's the thing we haven't seen a whole lot of. You know, it, it still seems to me, Wayne, this is a defense built to stop the pass more so than it is stop the run. I, I could be wrong, and, and maybe I'll be proven different. Um, but, but the logic is there. The Packers' offense is potent. They're going to put up a lot of points, and the hope is other teams have to pass their way back into the game. And by doing so, well, that'll sort of tip the Packers' hand on what to do on defense, and they seem to have the horses to get after the quarterback. Does that remain true? Yeah, I think so, Greg, and that's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, you know, let's say we're not going to stop the run, but by the way, you're going to be down by two touchdowns in the second quarter, so you're going to be throwing it anyway. Um, you know, I, I think they'd like to do a better job against the run, um, and that starts with Kenny Clark. Um, you know, they need somebody else on that defensive line to step to the fore. Uh, is it Kings, Kingsley Kiki? Um, you know, what are they going to get out of the inside linebackers? Um, you know, they feel they're better at inside line than they have been. So it, it, this will be interesting to see how they um, stop the run because I still think in order, and I'm old school, okay, I'm not giving a company line here, uh, but I think you start defensively against the run. If you can't stop the run, 
you can't be a good defense. All right? You just can't, in my opinion, in the National Football League. Yes, even in this day and age. Packers are poised to be uh, NFC North Division champions. Uh, odds on favor to win the division. Hey, Wayne, is there another playoff team in the division, in your opinion? I don't think so. Um, you know, Chicago could be, um, based on their defense. Minnesota's retooled their defense. If Dalvin Cook is healthy, you know, we've seen Yeah, I mean, he beat the Packers single-handedly in Lambeau Field last year. So, you know, they have possibilities. But I don't see another – no, I don't see another playoff team in the division outside of Green Bay. But, hey, listen, we're all – here's the thing, Greg. We're making all these prognostications based on how these people line up on paper, based on what they did a year ago. And you can shred that paper starting, you know, the first game of the season because everything changes from there. Um, you know, the game's not played on paper. But based on what we're seeing, no. I mean, I think the Packers are clearly head and shoulders above everybody in the division. But, hey, uh, strange things happen every NFL season. Well, the season begins on Sunday in Jacksonville against the New Orleans Saints. Wayne Larvey will be on the call alongside Larry McCarron, Wisconsin broadcaster, Hall of Famer, Wayne Larvey and the voice of the Packers. Appreciate your time, Wayne. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Thank you, Greg. Talk to you then. All right, take care. My pleasure to talk to Wayne Larvey. Coming up next, week one of the NFL season is underway. We're going to get you set for Sunday's slate of games and tell you what to watch. It's after this on WTMJ. The preview continues. This is Packers season preview. Cheryl Crow and Chris Stapleton taking the main stage tonight. That show uh, about to get underway, as a matter of fact, here from the Summerfest grounds. What a beautiful night as uh, Summerfest rolls into its second week of action. Remember, it's a three-weekend sort of deal here in the month of September. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow as well, and really throughout the weekend. So stop by and say hello. Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone is where you can find us. We are situated right next to uh, the Sport Court and uh, our sister station, 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee. Week one of the NFL season is underway in Tampa with the Buccaneers owning a 7-0 lead over the Dallas Cowboys about midway through the first quarter. Full slate of games on tap this Sunday. No buys. Everybody in action. Time to get you ready for week one. Time to tell you what to watch. All right, time to get you uh, involved in the games that uh, you want to hear, the games that you need to hear. We like to call it Must See TV. There we go. There's the production value we love as part of this segment. And we start in Tampa Bay. Why not? The defending champion Buccaneers opening up the season against the Dallas Cowboys. And really, the Cowboys loaded with talent on offense. Not sure what they'll be on defense. The Buccaneers are a much more polished team, but it's Tom Brady. It's uh, Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys. Potential playoff opponents? Uh, Maybe. I tend to believe the Buccaneers will be standing here among the Final Four. The Cowboys may be on the outside looking in, but a very entertaining way to start the NFL season. Also, must-see TV, Cleveland at Kansas City. A lot of trendy picks here for Cleveland to be not only a playoff team, but make a deep run in the AFC. Loaded on offense, great running game, best offensive line, probably in the AFC. Outstanding defense going up against a potent, high-powered offense in Kansas City, led by Patrick Mahomes. Pittsburgh and Buffalo. 
maybe this year's MVP. Josh Allen plays for the Buffalo Bills. Pittsburgh, well, they're still getting by with Ben Roethlisberger, who's pushing 40. Not sure what to make of their offensive line. Their defense is not quite the same. I do think it's a, a better team than appears on paper. A healthy Roethlisberger really makes it more compelling. But Pittsburgh at Buffalo, a key matchup here in the AFC. Arizona at Tennessee. Don't sleep on the Arizona Cardinals, led by Kyler Murray, a young, diminutive, exciting quarterback out of Oklahoma. Tennessee led by Ryan Tannehill, and as soon as you want to laugh at Ryan Tannehill, let's go back and look at his stats over the last couple of years. It really, the thing that keeps Tennessee down is their defense. They can run, they can pass, they've got a great offense. Their defense is atrocious. I think there's going to be some fireworks in this game, and certainly one to watch. Miami at New England, kind of a sneaky matchup here. I think they're fighting for second place in the division behind Buffalo. Rookie quarterback in Mac Jones out of Alabama. Former Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa begins his first full year as a starter for the Finns. Great defense, very well-coached team. Many think the Patriots are going to be back with a better quarterback situation led by a rookie than last year with Cam Newton. And the Chargers in Washington, it's it's kind of a bottom-of-the-barrel must-see TV, but I think it fits the category. Chargers are just an exciting team. I'm interested to see Justin Herbert, the Chargers quarterback, in year number two. And this dude did not play in front of a crowd in year number one and put up crazy numbers. What's it going to be like when he goes into a hostile environment, which I would expect to see at FedEx Field? Washington, I think they're the favorite to win the NFC East. Must-see TV is done. How about the games that, okay, well, you'll tune into them. Maybe you've got some fantasy implications. If your only other option is yard work. Seattle at Indianapolis. Uh, really, the Seahawks are about the same as they've been for the last several years. It's Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, very familiar names. Not quite the same defense as we came to know under the Legion of Boom. Well, the defense in this game belongs to Indianapolis. I think it's a clash of styles here. High-powered offense in Seattle, great defense in Indianapolis. Minnesota at Cincinnati. This is more of a curiosity to me. Are the Bengals for real? I mean, they've got some weapons. Joe Burrow is back after a gruesome leg injury. He'll go up against the Packers' division rival in the Minnesota Vikings. Battle of the Birds in Atlanta with Philadelphia taking on the Atlanta Falcons in our mid-tier category. Same with Denver on the road against the New York Giants. See what Saquon Barkley does. You drafted him high in your fantasy draft. Might be on a pitch count in week number one. Bears on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Baltimore against the Las Vegas Raiders. I just want to see what that stadium looks like in Vegas with people in it. And finally, the games you have no need to pay attention to. We like to classify it under. I'd rather visit a proctologist. This is meant for Jacksonville at Houston, New York at Carolina, and the 49ers against the hapless Detroit Lions. Now you know what to watch for week one of the NFL season. We'll wrap up the program after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers Season Preview on WTMJ. One's a devil, one keeps driving me insane. We're wrapping things up from the Summerfest grounds. Greg Matzik with you on WTMJ. Getting ready for week one of the regular season. Packers and Saints from Jacksonville. Updating the uh, score tonight here in Tampa. It's the Buccaneers and Cowboys tied at seven. Uh, nearing the end of the first quarter for those uh, who may have fantasy players involved. A Tom Brady touchdown pass to Chris Godwin put the Buccaneers on the board. A Dak Prescott pass to C.D. Lamb put the, Buc- uh, excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys on the board with the equalizing score. Packers will be on the road, uh, not really preparing for the, uh, I don't know, ruckus environment and climate-controlled Superdome, but rather a, a Packers-friendly crowd, at least that's what I would expect, 
uh, and extreme heat. So 85 with 78% humidity is what's being called for in Jacksonville. Updating our poll question of the night, if you could only pick one, who would you choose to extend if you're the Packers? Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, or Elton Jenkins? Over 100 votes in and uh, over 50% are putting the number on Jair Alexander, followed by Adams at 33% and uh, about 16% for Elton Jenkins. Very interesting decision. I think he could probably keep two, and if I had to guess, Elton Jenkins and Jair Alexander received multi-year deals. And Devontae Adams plays his final full season as a member of the Packers unless the team wants to use the franchise tag. I want to thank Mason Crosby for joining us on the program, voice of the Packers Wayne Larvey. Also great to connect with Jeff Dickerson and Matthew Culler as we looked through the NFC North division. Matt Pauley and Brewers Weekly is coming up next from the Summerfest grounds on WTMJ.